This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Yes, we are back with another episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As that intro said, I'm your host, Tia. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. We're going to have an awesome, awesome uh, show. Before I go any further, though, I do want to say uh, happy Memorial Weekend. We should all take a moment to kind of recognize uh, the men and women who have, you know, not, not to get, you know, too sappy here, too political, but you know, the men and women who have, you know, sacrificed for us. Um, that is why we are all having this nice three-day weekend. So, you know, just kind of keep that for a second uh, for Memorial Day. But going further, we are doing the top ten moments of Game of Thrones Season 8. Yes, the good and the bad. Because uh, I think we can all agree that Season 8 was not the best. Uh, for this hit HBO show, especially for them to have it as their final season. But we will get through that in just a moment. But I have to introduce my amazing cast of characters right now. I'm going to go to Marty. Thank you always for showing up for Game of Thrones. Well, thanks for having me again. Uh, As you say, this season I had such high hopes for it. And there were moments that met up to that and more that didn't and uh, we're going to discuss them all exactly exactly uh if you guys aren't aware marty writes some really awesome awesome articles for geek vibes surrounding game of thrones you just did this really cool one that was what if Jon snow was never told his lineage if he was never told that he was a targaryen so it was great make sure you go to gvnation.com and check that out and we have Brittany with us, who also was on our Geeks Against the Grain last night. So how are you feeling after that, Brittany? I feel pretty great. I got the cuddle puddle with the cats going on, so I'm like an ultimate bliss. <laughs> That's always good. I got who's around here right now. One cat is here, and oh, my dog went away. She apparently She's this morning like Holly better. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's get right into it. So as I said, this is the top 10 good and bad moments. Uh, I figured, you know, sometimes these top 10s, they do take the full two hours, so I wasn't going to do, let's do a top 10 good and bad. Uh, that just wouldn't work. So we're just kind of combining it as standout moments for this list. I will say that when it's your turn, just kind of preference beforehand, is this a moment that you liked or is this a moment that you disliked? That's how I'm going to kind of blanket the term, but let's get right to it. Marty, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Give us your number 10. Okay. Uh, this actually could have fit just about anywhere in my yikes moment, but, uh, and as a matter of fact, I believe I discussed this in my recap of uh, the final show, but I had a real problem with Tyrion basically as a prisoner there to get sentenced, basically decide that, no, I'm going to, not only am I going to talk, I'm going to tell you who should be the next king for you and basically handpicking for you. Because that don't make any sense at all. Uh, for Grey Worm, as he said, you don't even need to be talking. 
So why are you sitting here telling us who they should uh, choose as king? Uh, there's even more to that that we'll get into later about Bran's part of this, but uh, I would say there really was no sense other than uh, Tyrion is a great uh, speechmaker why he's sitting there telling them who they should choose to be king. Yeah, and if you take that moment out of context, you're like, wow, you know, Tyrion, as you said, always the great talker, makes some amazing points. I mean, I listen, I'm not trying to get too much into it about the whole brand thing, but, um, you know, if you had just told me on the fly, hey, you know, Bran's going to be king, I'd be like, get the hell out of here. But Tyrion made some good points. He almost, like, got used to that moment, but... He's in shackles. He's been a prisoner, I think, for about a month. Uh, Grey Worm looks like he's about 0.2 seconds away from killing him at every single moment. But suddenly he is the one that turns everyone around. I mean, he pretty much, this is how great of a talker he is. Not only did he talk himself out of being executed, but he talked himself uh, into being the hand of the king, essentially. I know that that's not what he originally wanted, but come on, you know. I just thought, yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, poor writing, Brittany. Oh, how do you feel about that whole scenario? I was just laughing because the whole time I was thinking, man, I'm sorry they're not going to like this. They technically just did all this stuff. Their queen is dead. And one of, like, one of the traitors, which keep in mind, I guess he didn't do quite as bad. All he did was let Jamie out. And they're like, oh, you betrayed the queen. You embarrassed her. But I'm also like, okay, is that really punishable by death? So you get to the point of him, like, sitting there trying to like, talk. And he just, he's so clever because I'm just sitting there. I'm like, don't you think he has ulterior motives of, like, oh, yeah, let the king decide if I should live or die. And it's like, let me handpick your king so we make sure I don't die. Which I know this probably wasn't exactly his intention, but you almost sit there and you're like, okay, Tyrion, you're being a little too clever here. But uh, no, I couldn't help but just start laughing because I was just like, Everybody's already listening to him. He's, like, on his, like, death sentence, and here he is just like, you know what? I'm about to change all of Westeros in, like, one foul swoop, which is, like, a speech. And I'm like, well, I guess it is fair, you know, he did get, like, his quote-unquote punishment of being the hand. And I'm like, really? Is that is that really too awful? So, I, I don't know. I found the whole thing pretty funny. And, I mean, listen, I'm happy that Tyrion at least lives. I was convinced 100% when Daenerys says, you uh, let your brother go and had him taken away. I said, this is it. I go, at least I guess he made it to the end of the series, but he's about to get roasted just like Varys did the previous episode. I was just convinced of it. But, (laughs) I mean, Tyrion, man, just like... Uh, write in history to kind of favor himself, I guess. I, I don't, and as you said, I don't think he necessarily did it with that intention. I think he just really kind of was like, if this is my last moment and this is the last thing that I have to say, then I'm going to uh, pretty much anoint the new king. So, yeah, that uh, was certainly questionable by the writers. I think and this is Game of Thrones, obviously, it's a fantasy series, but that still was a little too far-fetched. So great pick, uh, Marty, for your number 10 
That was certainly a yikes moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brittany, you're going to give us your number nine. And again, make sure you preference if this is a good or bad uh, thing that you want to talk about. You know, I argued with myself whether or not to say it, but technically it is in the show, so I guess it would be a yikes moment, but also a good moment. Can we talk about the Starbucks cup and how, like, (laughs) I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking, because I I was reading on Reddit, they're like, do you know how many steps that had to be through, like, to be missed, the people filming, the people on the set, the props people, Everybody, or like, you know, the people that are doing the shading or like the filter, you know, like doing all this stuff, the special effects for it, for the Star Cup, the Starbucks Cup to be missed. And like, not the outrage it caused, but just like the sheer hilarity of like having like, oh, Westeros, Dragons, Medieval, and then you have this freaking coffee cup there. And it's just, I guess it just makes me laugh because it is a part of the show, but you're sitting there going, did this, and which, keep in mind, I wouldn't have noticed this entire time if, like, there's always that one person that's like, you know what, let me examine each frame by frame. Because I sit there and I'm like, how did how did this get missed? Why was it there? Daenerys, why were you drinking your coffee? Is that why you went crazy? You went white girl crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, too, that um, Amelia Clark says that she doesn't even drink coffee, so it wasn't hers. But it was literally right in front of her. I don't understand how right before the cameras went rolling that she was like, hey, uh, which crew member left their cup over here? Because there is someone, like, on set who's supposed to look for those things, the continuity. And there's videos, if you look, like, things um, people kind of, like, not notice. Like, I forget which uh, movie it was, but... Like, in one shot, the guy is, like, holding, like, say, like, a coffee cup, right? And then in the next shot, which is supposed to be, like, the same scene, he's, like, holding, like, a teacup with, like, a little saucer underneath. You know, like, things like that, I guess, would be, like, you know, understandable just because they probably shot it within, like, two days and forgot exactly what the person was, like, holding. But the fact that it was right there. It was right there. And... Um, kind of to go along with the theme of this season. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in that scene in the final uh, episode where they're all kind of sitting around when Tyrion, you know, names the king, someone pointed out that behind uh, Sam's, like, chair is a water bottle. So, like, what happened? Oh, no. (laughs) Did they just, like, forget? But, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And apparently uh, after the massive like uh twitter and online you know again not outrage but you know i don't know attention towards it that hbo went in and edited the starbucks cup out so yeah but yeah that's hilarious uh marty did you at first notice the starbucks cup or was it after you saw it online that you were like oh yeah there's a freaking starbucks cup in this scene yeah, I didn't notice it at all. But then again, like I said, I'm not one of those people who sit there and pick, pick, pick something. But I still, as, as you, we were talking about, it's hilarious that nobody caught it because, like, in the place where I work, you basically have kind of backup to backup. So if you know the first person who's actually supposed to notice it doesn't, somebody else is supposed to. So apparently, 
nobody was paying attention. We got a bunch of people there, I think, that were about ready to get out of there and kind of got a little slack in their job because there's no way that that many people should have missed a Starbucks cup sitting on a, a, a table like that. Uh, but then again, these are the same people that uh, later on when they showed uh, Jamie holding uh, Cersei, where they showed his actual hand behind her and not his golden hand. So they oh, had, no. Uh, uh, so, so, I mean, they had issues. <laughs> I did notice that afterwards, and I was like, well, as you said, it just seemed like everyone was ready to wrap up. I'm, what happened? Uh, did the HP? I, I don't feel like it was HBO because they already said that they were, you know, going to give Game of Thrones like 10 episodes for their final season. Uh, so just pretty much everyone's like, all right, wrap up. I got shit to do. D&D was like, we got to get to work on the next Star Wars movie. So just breeze through it. One take. Let's go. I, you know what I'm saying? I feel like uh, it's just uh, poor attention to detail and us fans, there's always going to be people on the internet that are going to notice those things, but yeah, the Starbucks cup, someone, um, really quick, someone, uh, came into my job not too long ago and they said that, uh, one of their friends like does Game of Thrones cosplay and they just went to a convention and it was like only Game of Thrones. And this person showed up with a Starbucks cup costume and everyone's like, what are you doing? You can't be there. And I'm like, I'm canon. I'm in the uh, yeah. game of the I'm part of the show. Yep. <laughs> I'm part of the show. I, I saw Sorry, this comic. Oh, I saw this comic where it was like the Starbucks cup is like, this is your big shot. This is your chance. You know, really, you're going to make it perfect. You're going to make it big. And then it's just like, <laughs> and then it's like, is that a Starbucks cup? And like the uproar about it. And he's like, yeah, it's famous. Mom, to drink to come true. <laughs> the Starbucks cup that will live in infamy. Um, yes, definitely something that uh, should be on this list because it's just, oh God, I could talk about that forever. Just, it's just ridiculous. But uh, I will grab the number eight spot and I am going to go in a positive um, because I know that there's so many things that we can pick out about Game of Thrones that are negative. So I'm going to go the high road right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick uh, Brienne being knighted. Now we are not going to talk about what we're not going to talk about what Jamie did the next episode. Unforgivable. But we're going <laughs> but we're going to talk about uh, you know I've loved the character Brienne since we first seen her uh, the whole theme of her just kind of uh, being this really strong woman who gets uh, ridiculed pretty much the entire series until as we kind of saw later on where she's finally starting to be recognized and um, you know appreciated you know through Podrick uh, just kind of being so uh, a tentative to her throughout the seasons, and then obviously Tormund thinking that she's the most beautiful woman on the face of the planet, and she clearly takes her uh, her duty seriously, um, and 
considering the times, we know that she would love to be a knight, but because there is that stigma that women can't be knights, she's reserved to the idea that that's never going to happen. And I absolutely love that they're all just kind of sitting there and they're like, yeah, okay, and Jamie is pretty much like, well, uh, you don't need a king to knight someone. You just need another knight. And it's like, all right, where's he going with this? And he's like, yeah, you, come here. Let me knight you. And at first it's like, oh, he's just, is he having like a gag right now at her? And that's what she thinks. And he's like, no, this is serious. Come here. And it's like such this amazing moment where it happens and it's, you know, just so beautiful because she's so utterly happy and she has all those people there who are really cheering her on and love that. Uh, I think it was Tyrion who kind of was like, you know, Sir Brienne of Tarth. And I was just, oh, so amazing. She was tearing up too. And I was like, so Brienne, you deserve this 100%. I absolutely loved it. Um, Yeah. So as a highlight for, uh, season eight of something that was actually good. I am going to put uh, Brienne becoming a knight. Uh, Brittany, what did you think about that moment? I loved it because I do love like the whole setup of it of everybody watching him, like him just being like, get up. I, I just, and I also kind of found it hot when he's like telling her to kneel, but that's a different point. But I, I felt like I'm sorry. I felt like it was just a great setup of just like it's like this big. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. It's almost like the climax. It was what she wanted. You know, Jamie and Brianna had this friendship, but also like this love hate thing. And it was like he he didn't have to knight her. He didn't have to do it for any reason. He could have been like, ah, you know, just ignore it and everything. Because you got Tormund going, you know, if I was a king, I would knight you so hard. And I'm like, gosh darn it, Tormund, <laughs> go away. But <laughs> oh no, it was just like he did love her and he did care about her, and it was nothing to do but for the sake of making her happy and giving her what she wanted. And it's just like. I, I love that big lady because she's just like, you know, that whole series is her being, you know, mocked as she's been like, you know, like you said, women can't be nice. And it's like just this big moment of her just finally getting what she wants and finally being recognized and everybody being happy for her. I found it very emotional. But like you said, we never discuss what happens towards the end. No, it that'll be That'll be for a separate subject. But I was going to say um, really quick before I pass it to Martin, um, Brienne, you know, she got knighted in episode two right before the Battle of Winterfell. And there was a huge possibility that Brienne could have died during that battle. And it was almost one of those things like, you know, at least she would have died a knight. At least she would have died with that honor. So it was very... Um, you know, it didn't happen afterwards, like, hey, you survived it. But, so I really did like um, the setup, the timing for it, and just the overall uh, moment. It was just amazing. Uh, Marty, how did what, what did you think during uh, Brienne getting knighted? I have to be honest with you. I had this as far as the positives. I had this one number one. Uh, I just thought it was fitting. And, and yes, I love the look Padraig gave her. When he asked, do you want to be a knight or not? And he's sitting there staring at her, you know, she's acting like she doesn't want to be. And he's sitting there staring at her, going, you know you want this. Go get up there and do it. Uh, and it was it was fantastic. I, I loved it. I love that uh, 
Tormund sat there and said, well, yeah, we, I think I mentioned something about Tormund and then uh, knighting ten times over thing. Uh, but uh, he, he didn't, you know, he said he, he's not in tradition. He didn't understand why she wasn't a knight already. Uh, so, it, like I said, to me, it was one of the highlights of the, of the season. Uh, the smile on her face at the end was uh, almost radiant. Which you don't see Brienne smile a whole lot. Uh, so it was great. And uh, like I said, I had that as number one in my positives. Yeah, and uh, one of the most like underrated, uh, I-, I guess you would call the friendship relationship, whatever of the series is the bond between Brienne and Podrick, because Podrick has never had any sort of bad feelings towards Brienne or anything like that. He always just was there to uh, help her out and believe in her. So I did love that he, you know, was really present for that and kind of like urging her, like, go get up there. You know, this is what you want. And I did love that Tormon kind of pointed out the ludicrousy of her not being able to be a knight. So, yeah, uh, as far as highlights for the season, definitely just right up there. One, so if I had to like, and listen, by the way, all the people who are, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, all the people who are signing a petition to redo uh, season eight, never going to happen, guys. It's just 100% not ever going to happen. But if we did redo season eight, that would be like one of the only things that I would say they had to keep in the redo. Again, never going to happen. So if people stop signing those those petitions. But uh, Mark. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, listen, like, I will admit, I will admit, guys, that I did sign the petition to renew uh, Daredevil, just saying. Uh, but, you know, I thought that was at least a little bit more uh, plausible than redoing an entire freaking, uh, you know, season. You know, uh, they're not going to lose out on that money that they shelled out. The actors are not going to come back and redo scenes and shit like that. It's just not going to happen. We're just going to have to live with the, you know, first seven amazing seasons. But, um, Marty, I'm going to go right over to you again for your number seven. Okay, number seven, we're going to go another positive. Uh, this was Tion's last battle during the Battle of Winterfell. I I kind of thought this was a really a nice ending of his story arc. I mean, he basically, he was raised to Stark, even though he was a great joy. Uh, and, of course, he kind of lost his way, and then he went through more torture than anybody should ever have to go through. And, I, and I've mentioned many times, I think Alfie Allen doesn't get enough credit for the performance he did as, as Theon and Reek. Uh, I think he was fantastic. Uh, and the way it ended where he basically, you know, he, just as he said, I took the castle from you. Now I'm going to help you. Uh, now I'm going to defend you. And he basically, he was the last man standing and fought all the way to the end and basically, you know, kind of righted the ship on that, which is why uh, I think it was kind of touching how Sansa kind of looked at Theon as far as uh, almost kind of like John, where, you know, you're, you're a great girl, but as far as I'm concerned, you were a Stark. Uh, and, uh, you know, she, uh, she was quite hurt when he, uh, died. Uh, I thought that whole thing was a nice arc. And like I said, that would be another thing. If you had to redo it, I don't think I would change that. I think that, uh, that worked well in, you know, for his story. Yeah. I think that he had a really good, uh, arc. I definitely didn't think that 
Sion was going to make it past this season. And it was really, it was really heartfelt. Sion finally realized that he has continued to kind of mess up, you know, from betraying Rob Stark. Uh, you know, he left his sister with his uncle Euron. You know, he's, you know, had some bumps along the way, obviously, excluding the torture, but his own decision. And for him to sit here and say, you know, he could have went with Yara to the Iron Islands. He could have absolutely just went back with her, had the mindset that they were going to be there so that if people needed a place to go, they could provide that for them. But he knew probably that he was going to end up dying. He was right there with Bran, uh, fighting along with them. I thought that was really good. Uh, That was definitely a great uh, scene. And I love the bond between him and Sansa. Like, she hugged him in season eight. And as you said, she was, you know, looking at his body. She was clearly distraught over it. I think that that was definitely a positive. And I love that um, Brienne told him that he was a good man. Because I think that was something that Theon desperately needed to hear, especially from someone like Bran. So that was really a touching moment, uh, certainly good. And as you said, Marty, Alfie Allen does not get enough recognition for his acting. What he has given us throughout the entire series, I do not think that anyone could have portrayed him, especially during those, you know, reek uh, seasons. So he did a fantastic job. Uh, Brittany, how did you, uh, you know, receive uh, Theon's final, final moments in Game of Thrones? Yeah, I do agree. It was very redeeming for him. And he's been through a lot. Like I was saying, like the torture, I mean, losing bits. It's kind of like, I don't know. He did have the choice of just, you know, not being there. But it's like he truly felt he was a Stark. You know, that was his family. They had been more family to him than anyone. And, you know, I thought it was very noble of him trying to just protect Bran. And I, at first I did have trouble with, like, him just running at the Night King because I was like, you're obviously going to die. And now this feels pointless because you just kind of got stabbed through. But then I was like, I think maybe that gave Arya her opening to get where she needed to be. But I did kind of laugh because I saw a comic where it was, like, a person drowning and their hand is coming out of the water and somebody just reaches over and high-fives them. And that was Bran. <laughs> like, you're a good man. Okay, thanks, Bran. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, I do think it was good for him to hear that, but I was kind of like, is that all you got for us, Bran? Is that all you got? As far as Bran giving out, uh, you know, talks, I think that was probably his best one, just saying. Uh, someone, someone did point out, it did make me a little sad, seasons ago, right when Theon uh, was conquering Winterfell, you know, Yara said to him, don't die so far from the sea. And someone did, you know, point out that he's in Winterfell, so he died, you know, thousands of miles away from the sea. So it's like, oh, but... As you guys said, even though he was a Greyjoy and he's quote-unquote ironborn, he was essentially a Stark, and he died as a Stark in Winterfell. So I think that that's a really good moment to point out. If they did ever redo Season 8, that would be something that they would need to keep, definitely. Um, So great great choice, Marty. Uh, I'm going to stop saying us so much. I realize I'm doing that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like me saying, like, <laughs> it's just little things that we have to work on throughout the years. But, Brittany, what is your number six moment? I was going to say, I, I, I'm torn between putting it up higher, but I think I just want to go now, and it's a good one, is uh, Sansa and the Hound reuniting. Because, you know, you think back all the, I think uh, that was all through season one. I'm not sure how much it went into season two. But, you know, he was basically the only one looking out for Sansa when she was with Joffrey. You know, he protected her. You know, he saved her from being raped. He did all these things. And even though he was scary and called her little bird and all this, and you think, man, you know, he was terrorizing. And you're like, no, he was honestly the only person good to her. And you think about it, they hadn't seen each other since that time, since he, like, asked her to go with him and her choosing not to. And, you know, him talking about, he's like, I heard, you know, you got broken rough. And, you know, talking about, like, you know, that wouldn't have happened if you would have just came with me. And he, you can see the sadness in his eyes. And I think that's very telling for such a rough character. And when she's, you know, reaching out to touch him, she's just like, you know, if I hadn't gone through that, I would have stayed a little bird forever. And he actually, like, smiled. Like, it was very, like, intimate, like, but not, like, in a weird way, but just, like, a very nice moment between them where, like, they didn't have to do that. They didn't ever have to talk again. People could have easily forgot that Sansa and the Hound had those moments, but it was nice that he did care about her and he did care about her well-being. And even back in the, when he saved her from being raped and Tyrion's like, good job, you know, and he's like, I didn't do it for you. And I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> I will say, I will say, Brittany, that the internet has been waiting for Sansa and the Hound to reunite. I had been tracking on Tumblr since the beginning of season eight, and people were pissed that the Hound and Sansa were in the same uh, vicinity and neither of them were talking yet. So I think that people were just awaiting it. But I think that the Hound and Sansa definitely is one of those moments. So obviously we all love the Hound and Arya, but I think that people, other people kind of forget that Sansa also had a big role in kind of proving to us as the viewers that there's something a little more to this character of Sandor Clegane. And uh, he definitely, uh, so Joffrey definitely tortured Sansa into season two, into season three, into season four, but Hound was there predominantly too in season two uh, protecting Sansa, whether it be him uh, preventing Sansa from pushing Joffrey off a ledge, even though I think we all would have wished that would have happened that early, but he did that because he knew that it wasn't a good decision him uh, saving her from being raped. And then uh, I think I pointed out to you, Brittany, the scene where she kind of tells Joffrey that he can't kill that one night and Joffrey gets all pissed and says that, you know, it's a peasant thing for her to say that it's bad luck to kill someone on your birthday. And the hound turns around and goes, no, it's true. The lady's right. And so just all those little scenes. Yeah, so that scene of them... Uh, reuniting, and obviously Sansa is not that little bird anymore. She has become a very calculating, strong woman, and her to kind of say to him, (laughs) yeah, wolf, right, and her her to say to the hounds, you know, I know that I would have been in a good situation if I would have went 
with you, but you don't need to look out for me anymore. And I also kind of like that uh, she said to the hound, you know, that women, that woman would have made you happy for a moment. And he goes, there's only one thing that will make me happy. And she's like, what's that? And he's like, my fucking business. So he's still just a gruff asshole, but she doesn't flinch at that moment, whereas in the past she would flinch. And she's just kind of looking at him like, yeah, I know you're bullshit. <laughs> I was saying, doesn't she point, he point out, he's like, you know, you used to not be able to look at me, like look at him in the face. And now she's just like straight up like staring him down. I was like, dang. I wanted to say at that moment, I go, because the costume department hasn't made your face look that bad in the past few seasons. I'm sorry. That's one of the things. Like, tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like in the first four seasons that they had a different makeup department doing his scars. And then in, like, seasons six, seven, and eight, they haven't looked that bad. I'm just saying, I feel like they tried to make it worse in the first few seasons. But that's just me. Uh, uh, Marty, what did you think about uh, the Hound and Sansa reunited? By the way, I have to say, guys, uh, we are being like really positive right now. I thought that (laughs) (laughs) this was going to be us just re. I mean, we still have five, you know, slots to go, but still. um, Keep in mind, a lot of this happened in one episode before all hell broke loose. Oh, yeah, like uh, episode one, too. It's like, okay, you know, things look kind of like it's going to be a good season. Then after that, it's like, ah, fuck. But uh, (laughs) what were your thoughts uh, about the Hound and Sansa reuniting in episode four, I believe? Uh, To be honest with you, this is one that uh, I didn't think of at the time because I was kind of more consumed with the uh, Hound Arya uh, thing. But this is a good one to discuss. This is... You know, as you probably know, there was some controversy about what Sansa said about how yeah. her, you know, the, the things that happened to her. I didn't read all the negatives that other people read into that. I, I just, you know, she said, you know, it just made her a stronger person. But, uh, you know, they made it sound like that you don't need to be raped or whatever to be a stronger person. You, what, what's your feelings about that? Well, so, and I have been seeing that, so... I don't know if you guys know Dane. He's one of uh, the, you know, admins of Geek Five Nation. He does a lot of, like, the pro wrestling podcasts. He's very active on Facebook. And he commented something on Facebook about it. I commented back, and I said something along the lines of, yes, would, would Sansa have preferred not to have gone through that? Absolutely. No woman wants to go through that. But she... To me, when she said that to the hounds, I found it incredibly empowering. I saw her as, yeah, I saw her as deciding that she wasn't going to be a victim about it, that she wasn't going to constantly uh, be asking why did this happen or thinking that she was weak for it happening. I think she realized that I can't go back in time. I can't make that stuff not happen. Instead, I'm going to hone it and I'm going to uh, move forward with it and take it. And uh, one of my friends, Cindy, pointed out, she said, you know, Sansa's alive. Ramsey isn't, Joffrey isn't, uh, Littlefinger isn't. So she, you know, she did come out the victor here. So those guys are dead who tortured her. And again, I I found it when she said that I was like, wow, that is like 
so powerful. She is really just like honing it. And, you know, so when I saw all the backlash, I was like, oh, I guess I can see. But to me, it just didn't feel like she was saying, you know, oh, I'm glad it happened. She wasn't saying like, oh, yes, it should have happened. She just said, if that didn't happen, you know, maybe if I would have just let you take care of me, you know, I would have just kind of been this little bird forever. So that's how I felt about it. Brittany, how did you feel about that? I think that's kind of like the problem now. And the more we get into the internet, the more we get to social media, everybody's going to have an outrage about something. And it's kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease or oil. I can't remember the saying, but it, it's kind of like the loudest mouths are going to get fed. They're, People are always going to find something to complain about. And, you know, I find it – I'm trying to find the word for it. Part of Sansa's growth, it, yeah, it didn't need to make – she didn't need that to become a strong person. And I know how people do have an outrage about it, but I, I don't quite get it, and I'm trying to find the words for it, is she's trying to find the better in it. Like, what is she supposed to do? Is she supposed to just, like – and I understand if people have that trauma and they just want to curl up and never talk about it or, you know, have any way of working forward, you know, it's their trauma. But she's sitting there going, you know, I, I'm i going to find the good in this, even though, they're, you know what I mean, it's a bad situation, but I am a stronger person. I am a better person. I, you know, I learned, because, you know, you think about the earlier seasons, she was, you know, a little bird. She was spoiled. She was like she wanted you know, and she did go through all these things, and I don't think, you know, she needed those things to happen to become a strong person, but she's basically saying, I don't need to be taken care of, you know, I'm strong enough to take care of myself, because that was like this uh, little finger got her into the Ramsey situation, you know, certain people that went to take care of her put her in these bad situations, and, you know, I think that's very telling with Sansa becoming, you know, the queen in, in the North, but she's saying, like, I am myself, I don't need a man, I don't need any of this, I, you know, when before all she wanted to do was be the little girl that got married and had children, and now she's sitting there going, I want more, so I thought it was, like you said, very empowering, I don't, I don't, I can kind of get it, but I don't approve of the outrage, I guess. Well, I can see um, why people are outraged from, like, the surface point, but I think that you have to kind of uh, look a little deeper into it and kind of just, like, every character in the season has been through a lot of shit. I mean, Arya was there when her father was beheaded. She was almost in situations where she was killed. And she took her situations, her bad situations, and let them... uh, pretty much make her stronger for it. So I think that people are just kind of focusing on uh, that there was that sexual assault aspect to it that is kind of what deteriorates maybe from what she said in some people's minds. But I think if you just focus on she went through some bad shit and she's going to sit there and say that she, you know, is Gonna, she's strong and she's not going to, you know, weep about it right now. So I, I, I that's how I felt about it. Um, I just felt that to me, again, when I first heard it, it was incredibly empowering. In, you know, like empowering. I think it's like the character development aspect of it. It's like did Dion need to get his dick cut off to become a great person or you know have his redemption? Probably not. 
but it added to his story to figure out why he became the way he did. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's personally how I felt about it. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, Marty, if we uh, kind of took uh, took away from what you were trying to say about how you felt I know, about we're the sorry. <laughs> No, you 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 did exactly what I wanted because I wanted to hear a female perspective, uh, and you, you summed it up actually quite the way I felt about about it. She couldn't go back and change any of it. It just happened. So she could either just uh, fold over or she could uh, get stronger from it, and that's what she chose to do. Uh, like I said, I can understand people, you know, concerns, especially maybe people who have went through that kind of a, a deal, you know, domestic abuse, where they might think that, you know, you're, you're kind of making light of that. That's not the case. She's just basically saying, I went, to, you know, this happened to me. I would have rather it not happen. But since it did, rather than let it be, define me, I am going to rule over it. And that's what she did. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess you can look at it two ways, and I'm choosing to look at it in an empowering way. So, uh, Brittany, I believe that was your choice, the song down to reuniting, right? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, so I'll get the number five. Uh, it is another positive, I guess bittersweet, I would say, but it's probably the last good thing on my list. Uh, and it's uh, staying in the realm of the hound, because as you two both know, very much a big fan of Sandor Clegane. I was so happy when they brought him back in season six. I'm not sure if either of you are, uh, well, I know, Brittany, you are, but I'm not sure, Marty, if you've read the books at all. Have you? I've read uh, the first book for the most part i got them all but uh i just haven't had time to do it. i know like the first book they basically hung to it like glue uh but uh i still plan to but no I've, other than the first book i've not read the rest of them okay so um as you know uh the hound pretty much uh has that same scene with brianne and essentially uh it is pretty much kind of insinuated that he has died in the books there is a moment later on where it's very much that scene in the TV show where you kind of see him dragging his feet uh, because he's injured and working with uh, those religious people. But other than that, that's all that is kind of said of it. So essentially he is dead in the books, except for maybe like one hint that he might be alive. But so the fact that they recognize that this is a character that people liked and enjoyed and they decided to bring him back overjoyed about that. So uh, as we know, uh, the best moments of the Hound are the ones that he had with Arya. So I am going to pick uh, for my number five, the Hound essentially letting Arya go. Um, because first of all, I loved when at the end of the previous episode where you see Arya leaving on her horse after Gendry proposed to her and she was like, not fun, I'm leaving, uh, that she left and then you see Hound is also on the horse and he's like, I'm going to go to King's Landing and she's like, me too. So they decide to go back on their little uh, road trip, which was a nice little callback from the seasons three and four. And, you know, um, I just love that they're in King's Landing. Shit is getting messed up, and they're running, and 
you know, the hound knows at this point that she is very capable. She can take care of herself. And he decides to, in the midst of everything, decides to stop her and goes, go, what are you doing here? And she's like, no, I'm here to kill Cersei. What are you doing? And he's like, you want, and he's like, look at me. He's like, you want to be like me? Um, he is like, you'll die here. And essentially he's kind of like giving her that whole like look of, you don't need to do this. Like I, I get that you are a strong person and that you could kill anyone, but this isn't where your life ends because I've been controlled by vengeance my whole life. That doesn't need to be you. And just that like moment where she almost looks like vulnerable and scared and as he's walking away and she calls him Sandor for the first time and says thank you. Oh, I loved that moment. Uh it was so bittersweet. It was so beautiful. The perfect bow tie to the Aria and Hound series. Yeah, I just I loved that so so much. So that's definitely gonna be my number five. Uh Marty, what did you think about uh that moment? Uh, I love that moment as well. It was on my list. Uh, and, you know, they've been through <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, in fact, I love the the uh, things somebody put on the Internet where they're doing like a, a TV show with them. I thought that was great. Uh, but uh, there's another scene earlier where, you know, well, I think it was right before he she went to go see uh, Gendry, uh, where he's sitting with her and she's about asking him why he's there. He said, you know, you don't generally – fight for other people and he said I fought for you uh that was kind of a, a another nice moment between them until uh uh oh crap who the other uh night came up when she said she wasn't going to sit around with them listening to them old shit uh sitting there uh oh, Barrett? but uh yeah uh yeah Barrett. um and I, I yes I, I really liked how they you know they parted ways because he knew that chances are he was going to die and with the castle coming down around them and the dragon uh so there was really no way she was going to get to do what she did without getting killed save yourself i mean don't don't go with me and die because that's that's the fate i'm facing uh you still have a life go live it uh and i I love that she called him by his name right before she left uh that that was a a great pick as far as i'm concerned yeah, and I'm so glad that you mentioned when he said, I fought for you, didn't I? He really did. He didn't need to fight Brienne. He could have just been like, yeah, take this little murder baby away from me. Murder <laughs> baby? <laughs> I, keep seeing that on, I keep seeing that online, and I'm like, that's the perfect way to describe Arya, little murder baby. <laughs> so I just thought that was perfect. But when he says, I fought for you, didn't I? And it's just like this whole season, if we have to pick some positives, is really showing that uh, the Hound just really cares about these Stark girls, um, has had separate moments with them. And I just, I love, of course, as Marty said, the sitcom between the Hound and Arya. I would have been fine with that. I think the actor... Rory McCann even said in an interview when someone was like, oh, uh, what about a spinoff between uh, Arya and the Hound? And he's like, sign me up. I'm available. So 
I would have loved that if they could have had their little adventure gone off. Unfortunately, it won't ever happen, but uh, that's what I guess uh, fan fiction is for. So, yeah. Just love the hand in Aria. Brittany, what were your thoughts during that moment? I was going to say leading back to, like, um, the Hound and Arya, you know, randomly meeting up when they're, when they're going to King's Landing, is I love that she has her horse next to him walking, because it makes me think of, like, where he's like, does a little lady want a pony? And, you know, her head and the ride basically in his lap oh, for, like, yeah. the first part of their journey. And she's like, I have my own horse now. But, uh... Did you, um, oh, no, really I, quick, really quick, did you notice that Obviously, she had, you know, just kind of a regular horse, but his horse was, like, a bigger horse with uh, the, like, hair on the at, at the bottom of the hoof. I don't really know. But, like, his horse is obviously, yeah, his horse is obviously reflecting of him, and her horse is obviously reflecting of her. So I did love that little aesthetic there. Yeah. You know I love the hound in every aspect, and I do love him. Like her calling him finally by name because she was like dog hound. You know it's always been that. And uh, can we keep in mind like one of my things with the hound is that I think I told you this, Dia, but it, the first few seasons his hair is so greasy, and then towards the end he looks like he has the fluffiest, most like luxurious, like nice clean hair. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, what happened to you? But uh. No, I love it because, you know, when especially he's telling her about, like, you know, this is basically like, look, this is what a life, you know, only led by revenge looks like. And knowing that he's going to die and that was all he wanted. And he made a good point because, you know, like, ultimately, Cersei died. And, yeah, she didn't get to do it. But if she had got to do it, she would have died along with her for the exact same outcome and letting it go let her live to see, you know, another day. And I think, you know, that was telling. And, you know, they've had this adventure this entire time. And, yeah, like you said, you know, I I fought for you, didn't I? Which I thought it would have been very ironic if he would have died and came back because of the Lord of the Light because he didn't believe in anything and always having, like, oh that God. fight with Eric. Someone pointed that out. They said, wouldn't have that been a great ending? That an irony. He, he's alive and he's like, what the hell? And like someone goes, it was the Lord of Light. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved it. I would have been like, I know that would be like so like uh, OC, but well, I, they brought, I needed they it. Brought, they brought Beric back a thousand times and Jon Snow came back. Why couldn't the hounds have come back? You know what I'm saying? He could have been yeah. on there traveling with Arya because, you know, he don't want I'm to stay in West Rose at this moment. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, but, you yeah. know, I was going to say real quick, it's the only thing sad is that ultimately you know how bad he wanted his brother dead because he's always had this fear of fire and ultimately it was fire that killed them both. Oh, I can't. I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. It's too sad. All right, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because at first I'm like, oh shit, and then like as he's going, I'm like, oh shit, he's in a giant, giant thing of fire. What the hell? Oh god, I could like make a whole entire show talking about the hound. So I'm gonna move on here, but uh, we are rounding back to Marty. 
uh, for the number four slot. We're trucking along here, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, real quick, getting back to the uh, hound and the mountain. If the mountain wasn't zombified, the hound would have killed him really quick. Oh, because, uh, oh my God. Thank he hit him you. with enough bullets that would have killed an ordinary man real fast. And the only fact that saved him was the fact that he could apparently be killed. Uh, it yeah. only get turned yeah. against a hound when it became a physical battle when you're not going to match up, you know, brute force with uh, the mountain. But that man should have been dead 15 times over. Uh, Really quick, yeah, that is definitely because you know that I have been a champion for a Clegane Bowl for a while now. <laughs> and uh, But when it started happening, and then I was like, oh, shit, he's a zombie. Like, it's so not fair. It wasn't, like, what I had wanted, really, because he was a zombie. And as Marty pointed out, the hounds would have killed the mountain, like, at least five times if he had just been a regular person. And by the way, I still always am going to be pissed about this. Not that I mind the actor who plays the mountain, but he certainly has the stature for it. But the actor is supposed to, first of all, the mountain is supposed to be Sandor's older brother, but they picked an actor who's like at least 20 years younger than uh, Rory McCann. So, Always going to be a little tip of mine that they decided to do that. But anyway, sorry, Marty. Uh, I will give you the uh, number four slot here. Okay. Uh, we talked about it in the beginning, and when I have to go there, I gotta go. I gotta go to Brand. All it right. Let's go to Brand. A lot. Yep. When uh, you know, Tyrion went through his speech about naming Brand King. And he said, well, we got, we got to find out what Brandon wants. And he said, well, why do you think I came here for? So you knew you were coming there to be king. That starts opening the door to all kinds of crap about what you allowed to happen to make sure you were king. Uh, you basically let people get, you let people get killed. And, and I swear, to, I believe that's the only reason he told John, uh, wanted John to know that he was a Targaryen so he could uh, sow some dissent between him and Daenerys. That man had evil intentions, whether he wants to admit it or not, uh, because uh, he knew what was going to happen. He could have stopped it if he wanted to, and he basically kind of just pushed things along to get where he wanted to go. Yeah, Bran was and the true villain. Well, I love, like, in, what was it, the previous episode or so, and Tyrion said something or someone said something that he was going to be the Lord of Winterfell, and he goes, I can't be the Lord of Winterfell. I'm the three-eyed raven. And it's like, no, you just really wanted to be king. Yeah, that just, that whole thing was so ridiculous. So, um, to be fair, I had uh, heard a leak. Uh, prior to the series finale that Bran was going to be king. And I said to myself, I was like, if this is true, I was like, that is the dumbest shit that I have ever heard. And as it was going, I was like, oh, my God, the leak was true. Like, he really is going to be king. And I just have to think to myself, what were the freaking, you know, uh, series showrunners even thinking, making this? It made absolutely no sense. And as you said, Marty, all of the shit that had to happen for him to be king. I mean, essentially, you uh, drove a knife between John and Daenerys because, honestly, what was the point of even revealing that he was a Targaryen? Nothing came from it. 
It's not like John became suddenly the king now that Daenerys was dead. So that really didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it essentially drove a wedge um, and really just burned everything down to the ground to uh, the point that someone like Bran could even be chosen as king. And I know that scene, why do you think I came all this way? And I'm like, I don't know, you creepy motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, the actor who I can't, I don't know his name right now, but the actor uh, was asked how, about the creepy look that he often gives, and he wears glasses in real life, and he doesn't wear contacts. So, obviously, there's no glasses in Westeros. So, the reason why he's always looking like he's struggling to see is because he really is struggling to see. And as someone who... And as someone who is blind and wears glasses and contacts, I, I feel you. Like, I would probably look the same way, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that, whole, that, that whole scenario. Oh, God. Brittany, what were your thoughts during that whole uh, debacle? I, you know, as sad as I'm like, I know they're like, oh, we will choose our own king, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I get it. But uh, I sit there and I go, John this entire time has gathered the support and yeah, he didn't want to be the king. And I'm like, okay, it's nice. You know, he got to run off with like the wildlings and all that, the free folk. But uh, what kills me is I'm like, you literally like, you didn't like, you weren't mean, you weren't bad. You gathered all the support. People loved and supported you. And suddenly the one person that's barely done anything in the series, like I know he's the three eyed Raven, but, uh, (laughs) But he's been constantly, like, people dying to save him, like Hodor, and you got everybody else, which he is the one that even messed him up in the first place, and I'm like, you were literally such a useless character, why do you get to be king? Like, I don't know, I just don't get it, I don't get it, I feel like it was a bad choice, and like you said, where it's like, why do you think I came here, and it's like, shut up, shut up, (laughs) go away. Like, like, Theon died for you and all this stuff. I just, I don't know. I think it's pretty ridiculous because, you know, Tia knows this, but Maria is like, I I came in later with it and, like, trying to catch up with everything. So everything was a little fresher with seeing, like, the seasons and what was going on. I was like, the stupid, the stupid. I hate him (laughs) and his creepy, creepy little face. I mean, he didn't even say. Sorry, go ahead. No, I said I was just saying. You know, Mr. Uh, I'm not Lord of anything. Said uh, obviously you had this, like I said, in the back burner all this time. I understand now why you sent John to the uh, wall again because you wanted to get the uh, the actual heir to the throne out of there. Uh, of course, the plus side for Brand, he always has a throne with him, so he's good. Um, plus, he, you know, he never even thanks that one girl for trudging his ass through, like, the wilderness. Um, he was pretty much like, be gone, peasants. And so, I mean, how compassionate will, how compassionate will Bran be? I did, uh, I do have to point out that, the, first of all, tell me if I'm wrong, didn't this feel like an SNL skit with all of them, like, sitting there and, like, making jokes, like, there, Sam is going, we could have a democracy, and they all start laughing. I'm like, am I watching, like, SNL right now? <laughs> and, I, 
And I did. And you got Sansa pointing out that he can't. That his don't work. Basically, I was like, Sansa, shut up. The memes from that were hilarious. There was a meme that was like, no one, Sansa, his dick don't work, and it's like, who do you know that right now, Sansa? (laughs) (laughs) I did love when uh, Edmer, Edmer Tully, is that how I say his name? Yeah, already helped me out here. Okay. when he stands up and he's like, I have been through two wars, and Sansa's like, Uncle, sit the fuck down. And I was like, Yeah, please sit down. <laughs> I do have a look to the seat. <laughs> All I kept thinking with Edmure was, Bitch, sit down. You, you were allowed to let, let the enemy go right through your gate. Uh, so you're the yeah. last person I wanted to keep. Exactly. The last person I would have wanted to be king. Um, I have to point out, guys, I don't know if this is super random, but Robin Aaron, like, glowed up. I didn't even know who that kid was at first until the internet pointed it out, and I was like, holy shit, maybe he should have been the freaking king because he clearly, like, matured, like, nobody's business. That little kid who was running around, like, breastfed until the age of 10, like, grew up, grew up well. That was the kid? Um, that was the kid, the kid who was, because, you know, there was a bunch of people there that I didn't even, like, recognize, especially him. I was like, who is this random person? And then it was like, no, this is Robin Aaron, the little, like, kid who, like, sickly kid who ran around. And it's like, oh, he's the Lord of the Veil vale now. Clearly it has agreed with him. <laughs> yeah, though, he still was bored. Him, I don't know who was more bored, him or the Prince of Dorne. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, someone was saying, um, because I think, like, Dorne and the Iron Islands have been wanting to be their own independent, like, country for a while. So when Sansa was sitting there going, the North will remain independent, it's like, why didn't they both turn around and say, you know what, us too, we don't want to be part of this. It was like Brexit all of a sudden. I don't know if that's too political Brexit. to point out here. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, what? Yeah, they definitely look forward. And again, guys, go back and look at that. There's a water bottle behind Sam's chair. Oh, and I love that, like, Sir Davos was like, well, I don't have any standing here. And I was like, you are the only person I want to hear from right now. So you talk, Sir Aww. Davos. <laughs> I loved him. So I'm, like, I, I've never seen that. any. I said, I've never seen anybody survive so much without really actually fighting anybody as Sir Dowell's did. Well, he had his sword out. I don't remember him ever using it. Well, to be fair, didn't he fight in the Battle of the Bastards? I never saw the man hardly move the sword. I I guess he might have, <laughs> but uh, he yeah, walked he around like with no fingers. Lot. On one well, of his hands, he has no fingers. Yep. <laughs> that is a point. <laughs> Stannis chopped his fingers off, and he still was kind of friends with Stannis. I was like, that man is loyal. If you need a loyal guy, Sir Davos is loyal. You chop off his fingers, he'll still hang around. Um, Though, to be fair to Mari, uh, at least Jamie still fought with one hand, so I guess, like, at least having a hand and some fingers should, like, count for something, right? Right, right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Freaking, um... The, to go back to the brand thing, the memes were hilarious. They were like, um, 
that one kid who doesn't do anything in the school project but still gets credit for it anyway. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But yes, that oof, just what were you thinking, guys? Um so Brittany, we are going to shoot back over to you for the number third spot. Okay, let's talk about the worst kept secret in the entire world. Hey, I'm not actually your brother. I'm your cousin. I'm the true heir. Don't tell anyone. Tells everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that was so funny. And, like, Daenerys is right. She's like, you know, if we just keep it between us, you know, it'll be fine. And like, I, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's still fair and everything. You know, maybe he wouldn't have led to where he killed her, you know, and all this crazy stuff. Maybe her madness would have been less because she still didn't want to kill him afterwards. I don't know if she would have killed him in the end, but she's no, like, she you know, to, she, she wanted to rule with him, which is another example of what was the point of revealing he was a Targaryen. She didn't push him off a freaking bridge or anything. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Brandon. I know. I didn't even get up there. <laughs> I know it's like she's crazy and everything, and she's just like, don't tell anyone. He's like, he makes the other two, or like, well, Bran already knew. So yeah, the other two, hey, uh, swear to me you won't tell anyone. They're like, I swear. And Sansa's giving that look where it's like the, where the voiceover is like, but she told everyone. But (laughs) I, I just like, she's just like, okay, let me tell Tyrion. And you know what? She told Tyrion, and Tyrion tells Varys, and Varys, you know, or actually Varys already knew. Did Varys already know? No. Yeah. Varys did. No, no, he didn't know, yeah. No. Gets them burned to death, and it's like, but it ended up not mattering at all, except for Tyrion giving that last little speech to, like, please go kill the love of your life. Please go get rid of her. And I'm like, was, What? What? And then it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. So I know I didn't preface it, but but this is a yikes moment. Yeah, that the whole thing just kept like spit falling, like you know, just like tumbling down a hill and just getting worse and worse. I still to this day do not understand the whole point of even. Um, I don't understand the point at all of making, um, you know, this even a thing. Like, what was the point of John being revealed as a Targaryen? There was no point at all. So then for it to pretty much, as you said, the worst kept secret in freaking Westeros, what the frick was the point? I just can't even deal with it. Marty, what is your opinion on this? Uh Right, this this whole thing was uh, felt like a giant waste waste of time. Uh, see, we don't know, you know, Varys was sending out messages left and right to whoever, t- basically spreading the word. I'm not sure who exactly he told. Uh, now, the fact that John is still alive, I guess they could, you know, if they wanted to, they could come back to that at some point. The fact that he's still basically the heir to the throne. It's not like he'd be the first person that got the throne by killing the person that had it ahead of him. Uh, which was not his intention, of course. Uh, but the only thing that was more useless than this whole uh, I'm a Targaryen thing was the Golden Company, which was another giant waste of time uh, for all the two seconds they lasted. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would have thought with the buildup for John being a Targaryen, they would have actually done something with it. And they, they, as she said, they did not. They didn't do a thing with it, if, other than, you know, uh, 
use it as opposed to a reason for Daenerys to go off the deep end, which, uh, again, I don't think uh, they, of course, that was the, probably the problem with them having so few episodes. They rushed through that so bad it, it didn't even make sense. Yeah, sorry, I, I had you guys on mute. I had you guys on mute. Sorry, um, but uh, yeah, that the the Golden Company made no sense at all. First of all, I didn't even really know who they were because to me it felt like they really didn't have an introduction. It was like Euron just showed up with uh, a, an army, and Cersei obviously was disappointed that there was no elephant. And then they got decimated within two seconds. And I was like, what is the point of any of this? Absolutely ludicrous. Uh, and but there was no point to even revealing that John was a Targaryen. It spitballed everything. And as you said, Brittany, it didn't even seem like Daenerys wanted to, to kill him. Once she got there, she said, we can rule together, which is what I think people on the Internet were kind of even suggesting, like, hey, just, uh, you know, freaking just rule together. Everyone kind of thought, like, she was going to kill him at some point, but she didn't even seem to want to do that. And it really just seems like this whole uh, Targaryen thing was thrown out there to make it seem like Daenerys was unhinged and that she needed to be taken out of the equation, which probably was Bran's plan all the time because he needed to become king. Which, someone point, am I the only one that wanted to see Dogen, like, flame John just to see if he was fireproof? Oh, someone pointed out that if Drogon, uh, like the way that everyone found out that he was a Targaryen was that if Drogon uh, pretty much spit fire at uh, at John and he was untouched by it, and they were like, oh shit, he's a Targaryen too, I guess the throne has to go to him now. Yeah, it would have been great. It would have been Right, right. I don't know. I just that whole thing was like an absolute mess. Like, just I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, but I guess not surprised. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, guys. Wow, we are like really like trucking along through this whole thing, which I'm very proud of us. Someone called in before, but I didn't know the number, and I didn't want it to be one of those moments where, like, I let the person in, and all of a sudden they just started, like, screaming profanities. You never know. Yeah, but now yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it wouldn't be AJ because he's at work right now. So I think we're in the clear, guys. But anyway, um, I guess I have the number two slot. And I am – let me look at my list really quick, guys, just so I can see. I know that I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but it was the worst moment ever in the whole history of season eight, so we're going to talk about it. All right? You guys ready here? <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Well, screw you then. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do Jamie leaving Brienne to go uh... back to Cersei. Before I even start on how... There's so much here for me to, like, bitch about. 
what there's so many moments in this season where you can be like, what was the point of something, right? What was the point of having Jamie have this huge redemption arc throughout the series where he seems to be becoming a better person? Brienne seems to be that person who's making him better. And then finally, at the end of season seven, him leaving Cersei, realizing that this woman has essentially been manipulating him his whole life, that she is a toxic person and has made toxic decisions uh, since then. What was the point of that? You have then Jamie knight Brienne, which was a tender moment. Then you have Jamie and Brienne intimate with each other, which is something that all of us who have liked them together have wanted from day one. And that all seems beautiful. And then he leaves her for Cersei. And at first, we're all sitting there like, maybe he's going there to kill Cersei, and he knows that there's a chance that he might die. So he's just kind of like being a jerkwad just to kind of uh, have Brienne not care for him anymore to make it easier. Like, I would have accepted that more if he was there to kill Cersei um, and that was it. But no, he was there to be with Cersei. He was there to get Cersei out. Like, that uh, scene that he had with Tyrion when Tyrion's like, okay, well, get her to here and blah, 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 and you guys can sail off together. And he was so going to do that with her. And I was just like, why? Why? And then, and I'm sorry, I'm going to stop it at this point, but then my girl Brienne, being the better woman, decides to write nice shit about him in the whole knighthood book. And I was like, Brienne, you deserve so much better. And it's sad because I really like Jamie, and now I'm just looking at him, I'm like, wow, you are just a tool. (laughs) 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 But uh, Brittany... Uh, what let's let's talk about this. What were your feelings about Jamie leaving my girl Brienne after having you know finally been intimate with her? I think it would have, if you were like, oh, what are your feelings? And then you just hear an audible screaming, just as loud <laughs> as it can, going, you know, this is my inner working feelings about this. No. I hated it. I hated it because I thought the same thing. I thought he would come back. He would kill her, you know, may die in the process. And a lot of people are like, well, this was just him all along. And I'm like, but why would you go through all this work, all this everything? Because even in the books, he gets disgusted with Cersei way earlier on and is just, like, done with her. You know, he doesn't want anything to do with her, basically. And it's like, why have him get with Brienne? Why get him to do, like... And then he gets this epiphany to go after her after Braun comes to kill him because she sent him to kill him. Oh, I know. I know. And so, so like, you, you know, kidding? he's like, you know what gets me real hot and heavy when people try to murder me? You know, that just gets <laughs> the blood pumping. But um, no, I guess, and also, bullshit. well, what what was the whole point of the prophecy? What was the whole point of the prophecy is Cersei being killed at the hands of her younger brother, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be Tyrion. And you're like, well, no, Jamie's technically the younger brother twin. And I'm like, did that mean nothing? What's the point of having a prophecy? What is the point of having a prophecy? Well, there were so many prophecies that made no sense. Why did... Uh, Melisandre bring back John. What was the whole Green Eyes prophecy? And yeah, what was up with that prophecy? It absolutely did not come to fruition. 
And, you know, throughout the series, Jamie gave Brienne uh, a sword, which was pretty much back then, like, the version of giving someone a freaking Rolls Royce. Like, here you go, babe. Here's the freaking sword, you know. Uh, and the fact that I was rewatching it, and it's when Jamie is on that ship, and he asks the one guy, like, oh, what's that island over there? And the guy's like, oh, it's Tarth. And he looks all lovingly at it. What was the point of any of that for him to simply come back and just be, like, the world's biggest, like, wuss? And pretty much just, like, the only good thing about him going back to King's Landing is the fact that he killed the Euron. But other than that, the fact that he's just, like, sitting there with Cersei as the rubble is going down, and he's like, oh, none of it matters. Just look at me. Let me hold you. And I just, oh, I hated that. I hated it so much. Um, Marty, give us your thoughts and feelings of this disaster of character writing. Yes, and again, this is another moment, as you said, that was felt like you wasted a bunch of our freaking time. You went through all this effort to, you know, reset Jamie as like he's, you know, moving beyond Cersei. And then at the end, for and I'm not sure supposedly what happened where he's laying there with Brienne and suddenly he decides, ah, fuck it, I'm going to go back to Cersei. Why? I mean, other than I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, like I said, you know, I was holding out hopes. Yeah, okay, you're gonna go back and kill her, and then you'll come back to Brienne. But instead, you just sat there and uh, allowed the building to tumble upon you as you as you both cried or uh, whatever. And she cried, so it was again you you cheated me out of something that you've been building up to all this time. And again, I think it gets down to the point where they were just ready to move on because to me that was and, and it kills me because these guys have been doing I mean such a fabulous job of writing all these years why suddenly just ah screw it uh, I'm just going to throw something down and hope it sticks uh, it was god awful uh, and I, I didn't understand it now I understand there's some symbolic thing with you know they came into the world they, uh, they left together out of the world screw that uh, Kill the girl. She deserved it. I mean, and, and of course, that actually is going to bring up to my next point is they did not, I don't think they ended that the way it kind of deserved to end as far, especially for Cersei, but we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. Um, and let's say, let's, let's say you wanted to go the whole route of they came into this world, they left it together. You still could have done that with Jamie still wounded, so obviously he was going to die at that point, but still managing to drive a, you know, a sword through Cersei's heart. You could have still fulfilled that while also having a better ending there. I mean, and then to leave, you know, Brienne crying like a damsel in distress after you just knighted her, I mean, was absolutely just criminal of on their part. Um, yeah, come on here. Come on. It's just, and as Brittany pointed out, you just found out that Braun was sent to kill you by orders of Cersei. So, what is your problem? I mean, there was absolutely, as, as you said, Marty, uh, wasted our freaking time. 
And I believe I'm going to continue going back to your awesome article that you did recently. I think that you included that, right, in, um, in that what if? Uh, as far as what part? Uh, that uh, Jamie went and killed Cersei. Actually, I had it where Arya came and killed uh, right. Cersei oh, using yes. Jamie's face. See, even that, even that, that would have been sick. Like, you know, obviously Jamie would have been dead at that point, but uh, that would have been the coolest thing if uh, you, and I, I was telling my friend Cindy uh, that the other day, uh, the, uh, the, the Starks send their regards. Oh, that would have been so epic. Um, but alas, D&D the showrunners just felt that they were done with the series and decided that they were going to be the laziest writers on the face of the planet. Just so bad. So bad, guys. But we have a list of both good and bad of season eight. As I said, we've been remarkably positive. I'm very proud of all of us. <laughs> Before we I get to everyone. <laughs> Before we get to our number one spot, as always, I'm going to kind of go through everything. Uh, again, this is the Game of Thrones season eight moments, both good and bad. So let's get through it. Uh, number ten was Tyrion uh, seemingly being able to decide the king of now the six kingdoms, not the seven. Uh, number nine is the Starbucks cup. Number eight is Brienne being knighted. Number seven is Theon uh, dying in the Battle of Winterfell. Number six is Sansa and the Hound reuniting. Number five is the Hound, uh, you know, letting Arya go. Number four is Bran just as the king, making no sense at all. Uh, number three is the worst kept secret of Jon being a Targaryen. Number seven is Jamie leaving Brienne. Um, and Marty, you got the number one slot here. Okay, now this one is tough. Uh, and we, we, as we start going down these things, I'm saying, oh, my God, I got number one. What am I going to do here? Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go kind of in the same arc we've just been going in. And that was as stupid as I thought the whole thing with um, – by the way, this is a negative uh, – with Cersei uh, going back to, uh, I mean, Jamie going back to Cersei, I thought their deaths were weak. Uh, and especially for Cersei, she deserved a whole lot more than what she got. And like I said, like in my what if, I, I killed her off a different way. Uh, it just seemed like a big giant, again, kind of letdown. Because uh, if anyone deserved more for everything they've done in the entire show, it was Cersei, and they, to me, they kind of let her off light. Uh, you know, she got to die in the arms of her brother, lover, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm still not convinced she, pre she was pregnant, but uh, I assume, I guess they said she was. Um, but uh, it was just weak, and again, that's probably the, the most disappointed I am about the whole thing is because, again, these writers, just I swear, just checked out. Uh, and just went, okay, let's do this. We'll get it over with, and that's fine. And HBO was willing to give them all the episodes they needed to do it. They should have went ahead and took those extra episodes. It would have, even if they had went the route they did, it might have made things a little more palatable if they had put in some of the 
in between stuff that they just dumped out because they were trying to rush through the thing. Yeah, absolutely. If they would have let things breathe for a while, it would have been a little bit more acceptable. Just Cersei, she was the big bad, right? The And there was moments where you almost had, like, you hated her, but you had to give her credit because she was so diabolical. And everything that she's done, everything that she's put into place, everyone that she's killed, um, and just, you know, responsible essentially for Ned Stark's death, uh, Marjorie and all them at the steps killing, uh, killing, um, you know, Oberyn's uh, daughter, everything, everything that Cersei has done throughout the series. And you're going to say that she dies by being crushed to death? Now, there was almost a point where I was like, okay, I was like, you know, she's scared, um, which Cersei has never really been scared before. She was sitting there, you know, kind of like trying to bargain with fate, essentially, uh, where she's crying, saying that she didn't want her baby to die. Um, but in a way, then almost you felt bad for her because she was pregnant. Um, and it was just for some, and someone said she essentially got paid to just stand there and drink wine the entire season. I mean, what did she really do? A whole lot, nothing. And even the actress herself said that she would have liked um, a more epic death. You know, maybe Cersei got a knife in her hand at some point and was fighting up against, say, Arya. Just for that to be the way that you take out the woman who essentially everything went into place for her to finally be queen, it just was so lackluster and so disappointing. We couldn't wait for her to get killed. Um, I even said at some point, I think, to Kanan that wouldn't it be almost uh, ironic if Cersei was the only one left alive? You know, because we all said that, uh, obviously, the show wasn't going to end the way that we thought it would and that this is Game of Thrones. They like to pull the rug up from under us a lot. So I was like, oh, what's going to be that? You know, Cersei maybe being the one who still ends up as the ruler. But then she, you know, and as far as most recent in season eight, she kills Masande, who to me was one of my you know, favorite characters and obviously a beloved person of Daenerys, which contributed to Daenerys kind of losing it at some point. And you still, after that, give her this death. It made absolutely no sense. Um, Brittany, what were your thoughts of, you know, Cersei's just weak death? Or did you think that it was uh, acceptable? I kind of like, it's touching on a point that you made uh, before him when we talked about this and the points that Marty just made too is it's like she got one of the best like not best like best written deaths but like she got to die in the arms of the man she loved and like got to be held as she died not everybody else that died of poison choking throat slit or anything else being beheaded she got this nice comfortable like not exactly comfortable death but comforting death and I've seen so many memes they are like, so you're saying if they would have moved just a little bit to the side, they would have lived. Uh, because of the bricks falling in, you know, where's Tyrion coming in to, like, be like, well, what the hell? And, you know, I was talking to uh, Aaron about it. I was like, well, maybe the bricks led them into an area where it was more empty, you know, something. But I just, 
not everybody's going to look that far into it. They're going to look at it and see a pile of rubble next to a bunch of empty area and be like, well, what the hell? You know? I will say say really quick, I don't mean to interrupt. The only good that that scene did was for setting up the tragic moments where Tyrion gets to see them. Because regardless, Peter Dinklage is a fabulous actor and acted his ass off in that scene. So, but I'm sorry, go ahead. Like, what else gets me is, like, I know it's, like, not exactly in the same realm. What was the point of Jamie just doing this weird little fight with Euron and getting mortally wounded just to, like, come at you? I thought that whole point was point thrown was. in there. Was just that was thrown just thrown in, in there. And it was like, oh, let's go down here. And, like, yeah, they're trapped. I was like, I felt like it, not only was it a lackluster death for Cersei, but a lackluster death for Jamie because he basically... You know, there was a point that the actor made earlier, like, not exactly about the season, where they're like, oh, do you think Jamie's been redeemed? And he's like, well, does the man that saves, you know, thousands of lives need to be redeemed? Because, you know, technically he killed the Mad King. You know, he made sure that... And it's like, still, though, still, still, we needed more. Well, that was another thing when uh, Tyrion and Jamie, which, again... Oh, my God, like, Peter Dinklage, just amazing freaking actor, right? In that scene where they're having their, essentially their final goodbye, and Jamie says, I don't much really care for the regular people. It's like, really? Because you killed the Mad King because you realized that he was going to have women, children, everyone, you know, burnt alive, and you're telling me that that guy doesn't really care if Daenerys burns the entire freaking city down. Just completely uh, bullshit. And I have to say, as far as, like, you know, great villain, and you guys know, I loved Ramsay because that was how you write a great villain. It was essentially what Euron should have been and what Euron is in the in the book. And even the actor wanted more, essentially, but he became uh, a worse Jack Sparrow, but uh, (laughs) Ramsey, for everything bad that he did, had, like, the most poetic death that you can give a villain, you know, defeated and eaten alive by the very animals that he has set on other people, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, that was such a horrifically bad um, death for Cersei, just bleh, nothing. Yeah. See, that's uh, a, I that's think... a... Go ahead, Marty. Sorry. I said that's the maddening thing about it. These are the same writers who did, you know, Ramsey's deal, and the, it was, you say it was a perfect death. What the hell happened? <laughs> um, again, it's like it's almost like they forgot to, how to write uh, in the end, and it's, it's maddening. I mean, I, so I can understand why people want to redo it. It's not going to ever happen. But it it was it's hard to fathom exactly what happened. Well, I can I can absolutely see why they want to redo the the season because it was horrible. I just think that you know fans have to be realistic that it's never going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I can't see anything better um, for the number one than Cersei's death. We do have a little bit of time, guys, so I want to go around and kind of ask you, um, and I'll start with you, Marty, first. How did you feel for, uh, you know, about Daenerys' uh, storyline in general and then death in season eight? 
Uh, I think we've kind of discussed this before, but again, you know, we're talking about kind of a waste of a storyline kind of thing. And again, if they allowed this to breathe, maybe her turn would have made more sense than it to me it did. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of, I, I've number one, you know, I kind of got toward the end. I pretty much kind of knew how she was going to die. Uh, but I, so the, here's the real problem I had with Daenerys' death. That should have been a gut-wrenching thing. And I didn't feel a thing. And that's some that's uh, that was done wrong because that just you know just like the red wedding and things that of uh, those kinds of deaths you should have felt something for her being killed and I honestly did not and there's there, that's something wrong with that. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I didn't feel a damn thing. I really didn't. Um, and this is a character that I love for an entire series. I mean, she was just from episode one, seeing her transform, seeing her journey through everything, wanting her to be on the Iron Throne. And the way they kind of do, and again, Amelia Clark, she she's a fabulous actress. I mean, she didn't even really like, she didn't like her ending at all, but she still acted her ass off through it. But, and if they wanted to go the route of the Mad Queen, which I still disagree with, but let's say they wanted to go, that should have been an entire season after this whole thing. Someone pointed out if they had, like, two more seasons, you focus on the Night King, you focus on Cersei, and then you do a season where maybe Daenerys did become queen, and then you kind of go through her descent into madness. You could have done it a better way, you know? Um, so that's how I personally feel about it. Uh, Brittany, how did you, how did you feel about the whole Daenerys turn? I think it, it's hard for me because I'm trying to think of the word for it. I feel bad for her because she did have kind of like this rags to riches type story. And Cecilia's that sounds where it was like, you know, she was very submissive, you know, her brother was awful, and going through this and just, like, working herself up to being, like, this very dominant figure, that when people say, we didn't do the signs of madness, it was just thrown in, I'm like, she already said she would burn shit down if people didn't, you know, bend the knee, and, you know, she had been seen to kill people, she, there was the vision of this exact scenario with the snow and everything, which was told seasons before. Uh, I felt like, so when people were like, oh, I didn't see that coming, that was just thrown in. I'm like, well, she's been kind of going crazy for a while. But I do feel sad for it because I feel like the Targaryens got a very, like, shit thing because they were the ones that initially united all the kingdoms. You know, it was, yeah, they had their dragons, and yeah, they could be rough, but ultimately things were good for a while. You know, they outlawed slavery, you know, all these things, and it just feels so sad that she did go the same route as the rest of her family. Like, you know, and they said that had probably had to do with, like, all the inbreeding, which would make sense. But it is still very, like, I do find it tragic, and I do feel that she did... <sighs> I just wish she could have found a way out of it because I feel like sometimes 
they do put these characters in these molds where they have no choice but to like go down a certain path and I think that they should have made her stronger to kind of like be able to come out of that to have a character development into something else because it's like yeah we could do character development but we turned you into an awful person yeah it's just it she should have stayed in Essos. She was loved in Essos. Um, I I just didn't like it. That whole uh, thing of it, every time a Targaryen is born, uh, you pretty much flip the coin. I thought that was weak writing. Just to have someone who essentially also is a character that many girls looked up to, that uh, girls watching found as a source of strength, and then you kind of make her into this crazy person. It's just, to me, I found that more insulting than the Sansa comments. Did you see what happens when a woman gets power? They go crazy. That's why they shouldn't have any role in leadership. No, seriously, that to me was exactly how it felt. Like, oh, we got to make her the crazy person because, you know, uh, she's mad with power. But and and then you had Cersei who was a bad. Yeah. You know, it just it was a really just poor uh, direction on everyone's point. So I just liked it completely. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we have had a great show here. Um, I'm gonna kind of again go ping ponging between the both of you and ask if you have any last thoughts on season eight. Um, and maybe even what you guys hope for the prequel series before we kind of go off so that we can all join, uh, all enjoy our nice Sunday. Uh, Marty, do you have any final thoughts um, that you want to share with us? Um, well, I mean, like I said, now one thing I do have to give kudos for, and, you know, usually not mentioned a whole lot, but the music and the cinematography of the show, even for all of its fault, was still, you know, epic. Especially the music during the, the Battle of Winterfell thing, it, it was. I mean, no one slacked off anywhere in that particular avenue. Uh, that and also, as bad as you know, we feel like season eight was. I will refuse to let it affect how I feel about the series as a whole. The series as a whole was must-watch television. I said, you know, my wife and I set aside that time whenever it was on. If you say as many problems I have with season eight, I refuse to let that be the dictating thing to for the whole show because I still think it was one of the greatest shows uh, ever seen. Yes, I completely agree. Um, you know, you could still it does not take away that, and I see a lot of people doing that now. Uh, people who are like, oh, you know, all these years of people saying watch Game of Thrones and now the season eight is terrible, haha, jokes on you. But it's still a fabulous series. You go back, that does not take away from the fact that it was one of the most compelling, well-written, well-acted, uh, jump out of your seat, horrifying, you know, surprising series. And as you said, there was some really amazing shots in this series, particularly when, uh, particularly, I can't speak right now, uh, when the hound and the mountain are facing off with each other and you get that beautiful scene of the hound looking up at the mountain and the dragon flying by, just so gorgeous. And even um, I loved Daenerys landing down and you had Drogon behind her and the wings kind of spread out. It almost looks like she has those dragon wings. 
beautiful. Yeah, the the cinematog the cinematography and the music did not disappoint this season at all. Uh, Brittany, do you have any kind of final uh, thoughts about season eight that you'd like to share with us? I was gonna say the last thing I really enjoyed was Drogon like destroying the Iron Throne because it was very like telling like this is basically what killed my mom. This is this is everything everybody's fighting over. And some people are like, Dragons don't know better. But dragons are supposed to always be like these intelligent, mythical like and I think like in the books that they can have like basically like a mind bind with like whoever they're with. So it'd be very telling to be like, well, screw this throne. And like, I was like, oh, no, I really like that part, though. And like you said, I do love the dragon wings on her when she's standing there, like, very, like, the dragon queen, uh, breaker of chains, master of longest titles in the entire world. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, the thing is, is that even for it being – you know, a quote-unquote bad season, probably the worst that they had. It still was enjoyable, and I still looked forward to Sunday night being able to watch it. And I think that's telling that even though it was had bad writing in this, it was still good enough that people are like, well, of course I'm going to, like, watch it. I mean, I have to finish this through. So I think ultimately, as bad as things were, it could have been, it could have been worse. Yeah. So... I, I completely agree in just – I forgot what I was going to say. But, yeah, no, completely agree with both of you guys. Um, sad to see it go. Wish we had more seasons. And I do kind of look forward to the prequel series just to kind of live in this world again, even though it won't be about those characters anymore. So we'll kind of see how that happens. But, yeah, I mean, whew, season eight of Game of Thrones – you know, HBO is sitting there saying, we need to find something else for people to focus on uh, because everyone's going to cancel their HBO subscription. So I do, suggest, uh, for, I do suggest for the listeners out there to hop on uh, the Westworld train because it's a great show as well. Uh, confusing, but a great show. So, and speaking about great shows, you guys have both provided me with a fabulous show. If you guys want to take a moment to plug yourselves, uh, Brittany, where can we find you and what can we uh, expect? I say you can find me under Instagram and Twitter under the exact same username, the Brittany underscore Hegel. I'm hoping to be doing more podcasts like uh, Geeks Against the Grain and with the top ten and anything else anybody wants me to do. But besides that, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to be looking forward to. Perfect, perfect, awesome. And Marty, um, I know that I've I've said this a few times, I just love your What Ifs and your Game of Thrones content, but please uh, tell everyone where we can find you and what we can expect from you next. Uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at, M- at MLSexton underscore WWAN. Of course, you can see me at, at uh, GB Nation. Uh, i got to be honest, uh, uh, I'm going to do a few more what-ifs. I think we had talked possibly about going back a bit and seeing what would have happened had Rob not been killed. I mean, that could be interesting. But uh, i got to find something else to focus myself on uh, besides Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but um, maybe uh, maybe we'll find some some other thing that'll get me. But uh, 
I'll, you said you can still find me at uh, GB Nation, and I'll just keep plugging along. Awesome, awesome. Guys, uh, thank you again. And as always, please check out our content at www.gvnation.com. I don't know if anyone uses the www anymore, but I'm going to say it right now. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. Um, and we have lots of great content, I believe, as I was talking to Juwan right now, that we are going to have a review show for Doom Patrol tonight. So make sure that you check that out as well. That's going to be 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And everyone, please enjoy your Sunday. Have fun being off tomorrow. If you have off tomorrow, I hope you guys do. Um, and yeah, thank you again. Have a great day. <laughs>